It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. Las Vegas. It is Saturday night. It is Heat Wave Sports. I'm Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Sitting in today, uh, Tim Unglesby is not going to join us today. He'll be back uh, tomorrow night. But Jose Volante is going to jump on with us. We have a lot to talk about, guys. Obviously, look, the All-Star Game is over. That fiasco, we'll call it, because all All-Star Games are kind of a fiasco. The rigged, ridiculous, out-of-control home run derby that shouldn't have counted for anybody, which was uh, just a travesty for the sport. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into some of that, and you can kind of tell my feelings. But who cares about that, because now we get second half of baseball. We'll talk about the second half of baseball. The Boston Red Sox are absolutely humiliated. The New York Yankees are in pain. The New York Mets are pulling, well, the New York Mets. Can the Angels become sellers with Otani? Of course, we're going to get into Juan Soto. Where does he wind up? We're sitting here. Look, guys, we're a little bit more than a week away. Juan Soto is going to be traded. That's everybody's feeling. Where does he wind up? Is he the biggest piece that some teams should be looking at? I mean, look, is he worth it? We'll get into all that tonight. Speaking of trades, I want to get Jose's take on KD. I don't think he goes anywhere. We'll get his take on that. The Lakers are running it back. The three of them again. Lamar Jackson's contract. Kyler Murray's contract. So we have a lot to do tonight. You guys want to contact us? It's at Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. TomBartonSports.com. I'd like you to go check that out as well. And you can always call in at 876-1340. But before we get into uh, all of that, I want to welcome on our guest host and and. Jose's been on the show many times before. I always really do enjoy when me and Jose are kind of together because we don't agree on a lot of things and we vehemently agree on other subjects. So it's interesting. Either we seem to be so absolutely lockstep at things where we're going to the mat for a topic or we're completely opposite. So it lends to a really good show. Stick with us for the next two hours. You guys will enjoy it. But let's bring Jose on. Jose, how you doing tonight? Hey, Tommy, I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to get going. I love what you just said, and it's true. The fact that you and I can get on here and disagree but still agree is a great thing, man. So let's get it going. Yeah, let's let's get it going. Look, the first thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, I want to go backwards before we move forward. And, you know, in in my life, look, I'm a sports, you know, handicapper. I'm a radio show. I always got to look forward. Uh, This is what I got to do. I got to look forward. But sometimes it's good to look backwards. And this week we had the All-Star Game, which, look, I'm going to be the old man. It's just, All-Star Games in general are just awful, okay? I mean, they are. But I think that they're just making it worse. Look, the baseball All-Star Game is better than any All-Star Game. I don't think that that there's much argument there. Um, But they're making it worse. The uniforms are disgusting. I mean, they're, they're just absolutely horrible. The selection process is just weird. I mean, they didn't have Austin Riley, who, by the way, is my... NL MVP at uh, more than 25 to one odds. They didn't have him starting uh, on the original rosters. Dylan Cease never even made the team. The guy's given up three earned runs in his last 13 starts or the last 10 starts. I'm sorry. Um, 
just some of the things it drives you nuts and then you watch the game and you go okay well you know what? i'm gonna give it a shot um first of all i mean uh the dodger stadium is fantastic but la is just a terrible place to hold the 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 games at all i mean it's just an overwhelming of dodger getting poured out onto you so you already have that working against you and then you get into the uniforms are bad the situation's not great but i will say this jose they did some good things miking up alex manoa during the game was brilliant i mean that was the best marketing that baseball has done in 20 years i thought that that was fantastic i love the idea of miking guys up i i Love the idea of the interaction. Let's get, you know, they did this for the Futures game um, with Bobby Witt a, a couple of, uh, of seasons ago in the minor leagues, and then they did it again. I, and I love that. I love get to know these guys' personality, get to know what they're all about. Um, I like, you know, the fact that Garrett Cole was talking to another pitcher during the game. I, I love that. You can see the the mindset of Jose Trevino and Nestor Cortez. I think that they hit it out of the park with that. Uh, but then they went too far. David Ortiz shouldn't be on television, period. David Ortiz <laughs> is a disaster as, as uh, behind the mic. David Ortiz is just a disaster oh, as a human being, and he shouldn't be your ambassador for the game anyway. So while every time I try to say, hey, baseball got it right, and I'm going, man, I'm really enjoying this. Oh, man, they got it right. They go a little too far. But Jose, I want your take on the All-Star game. To me, it didn't matter who won or lost, okay? I didn't care about that. I liked the matchups. I love that Kershaw started and looked good. I liked the uh, miking up of the players. But overall, just another failure by Major League Baseball. The All-Star game, just it just didn't hit its mark again. I agree with you. They're, they're, they're trying hard, obviously. But when it comes to all of these All-Star Pro Bowls, whatever you want to call them, they're never the greatest. You know what I mean? Because it's like a practice game more than anything. People don't really see it. But I agree with you, Tommy. When it comes to baseball, these guys are out there playing. On the All-Star game, they're actually playing. It's not like the NFL when you're looking at these guys playing touch football. They don't want to hit each other. They don't want to get tackled. They're actually out there trying to get hits. They're trying to get strikeouts when it comes to the pitchers. The players out there are trying to do stuff in the outfield. Now, granted, are they trying to give the fans a show? 100%. That's what the All-Star game is all about. We saw when the fans were chatting, future Dodger to Juan Soto over and over again in the stands. That's just fun for the game. You know what I mean? That's what the All-Star game is about. The fans get interacting with it, and they find out what's going on in the media or social media. Everyone knew what was going on with Juan Soto, so what did the fans do? Whether they were Dodger fans or not, let's make this fun. Let's chant. Let's do something, right? But overall, in general, it's just the, 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 these All-Star games and these playoff games or, or Pro Bowl games, I'm sorry if you want to call them that, they're not that exciting, Tommy. And I, I agree with you. I'm from L.A., so I'm an L.A. guy, even though I'm a Yankee fan. I'm from L.A. I grew up going to Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine, and all that. But I agree with you. L.A. and Dodger Stadium, it's not the greatest place overall to have an all-star weekend, Tommy. No, it, it look, it's a nice stadium. I like it, and I love the fact that Kershaw started there. And I think that the fans are, uh, you know, look, we, everybody gets on Dodger fans. They show up in the, the third inning, leaving the seventh, you know. Uh, but I think <laughs> yeah. the fans are, they're, they're not, look, Dodger fans are not intelligent fans but they are into it, right? I mean, that, that's, look, and when I say intelligent, I'm not putting you down overall. I'm just saying um, it, there's a difference between Boston, Philadelphia, New York fans, and, and LA fans. You guys have just a lot more to do out there, right? Oh, yeah, um, but they're, but they're, they're into it. They were into the All-Star game. I give them credit for that. But the overwhelming idea that LA is the greatest place to watch a ball game, uh, are we kidding? You know, uh, I, and maybe I disagree. Yeah. he was there, but but are we kidding? You know, it's a nice stadium. It's a good stadium. Look, next year they're going to Seattle. All right. Seattle's a better stadium. 
it's a, it's a better stadium. I don't have any love for Seattle, but it's a better stadium. Um, but but I will give credit. Listen, they were into it. People that they were into it. I it's just me personally, Jose. I don't care that you know John Hamm is in the stands. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, I could care less. Uh, you know about the celebrity softball tournament. Who cares? But I get yeah. that people do care about it. It's just you wouldn't see those things in Philadelphia. You wouldn't see those things in Seattle next year. You're not going to see that. Um, it doesn't matter. I'd rather hear more from Kenton Griffey Jr. I'd rather hear more from Nestor Cortez. I'd rather hear more from Aaron Judge. I'd rather hear more uh, from from you know Max Scherzer. I'd rather hear more from the players themselves and celebrate baseball as opposed to baseball secondary to the big hoopla. So let me ask you a question, Tommy, because you're talking about hearing from these individuals, right, as in these players. Would you say that it's it's probably a better thing for the All-Star Weekend and let's say let's just mic up every single guy? Like literally, let's give everyone a mic, whether it's a coach, a manager, a player, a DH, whatever the hell it may be, pitcher. Let's give everyone a mic to make the game a lot more interesting. I mean, I'm okay with that. I want to hear what these guys want to say. Some of these guys don't play with each other, right? Some of these guys are rivals and hate each other, but yet they're coexisting with each other during these two days. So I I'll be honest with you, Tommy. I want to hear all these guys mic'd up if that's the case. I, I love where your head's at. I, was, I, I really do. <laughs> and, and my, look, I was I'm in lockstep. That was my first reaction. And I said, there are just some guys that shouldn't be mic'd up. They're not going to be entertaining. They're going to have bad mouths. They're going to say wrong things. You know, there are some guys that just shouldn't be mic'd up. But I, I, I do true. understand what you're saying. There, there should be more of it, right? Um, there, there should definitely expand it. I think that they hit a home run with that idea. Um, Jose, speaking of home runs, the thing that everybody oh, seems oh, to love oh, is, oh, slam, oh. Uh, is the home run contest, right? Yeah. Now, the slam dunk contest gets a lot of play. Uh, the shootouts and, and the exhibition um, uh, of, of talents in hockey. It's very fun to watch, but nothing beats the home run contest. People really enjoy it. Um, if you own video games, my son is eight, and he, he absolutely loves playing the home run derby. You know, and he uses Babe Ruth, and he uses, you know, against Hank Aaron. And we're watching, and he's going, oh, man, it's the same rules. You know, it was very, very fun. It's a fun event. It's a fluff event, but it's a fun event. But here's where I have a problem, Jose. If you're going to advertise this as a fun event, then you got to just keep it as a fun event. Don't try to make believe it has integrity. I don't know if you guys knew what happened during the home run derby, but in a betting world where Major League Baseball is talking about integrity, <laughs> okay, you can't have both. Jose, I don't know if you realize what happened, but in the first round, uh, Kyle Schwarber actually was gypped a home run. We, we, we all saw it going over the fence. You could count it. The 18th yeah. home run went over the fence, which means he would have tied Pulse, which means he would have went into another round. They just didn't count it. No explanation. They literally just did not count the home run, Jose, for no reason whatsoever. Now, that impacts Kyle Schwarber moving on to the first round. He was a minus 325 favorite. That impacts how many home runs he hits overall. That impacts a lot of people's wallets. I kind of was okay. I, look, I brushed it over because I said they just want pools to win and to move on. I guess yeah. it's quote-unquote good for baseball. I kind of brushed that over. But I could not brush over that Juan Soto did not deserve to win that contest at all. Oh, Juan Soto, there are rules in place. And you see that the umpire standing behind the plate, holding his hand up, saying do not throw a pitch because you have to wait until the ball lands to throw the next pitch. Juan Soto has six home runs because the umpire had his hand up and they weren't supposed to throw a pitch. But what is the umpire going to do? Stop a home run derby? No. 
Then the last home run was clearly a double zero. The, the, the time ran out, and they threw it again. It was all set up for Juan Soto, who is the biggest name right now. He is the biggest headline pusher right now because of the trade situation. He's 23 years old. He's the face of baseball in a couple of years. He might even be in like two years. Juan Soto, Juan Soto. So they moved the goalposts for Juan Soto. I'm not going to say it was a fixed situation. I'm not going to say, <laughs> you know, it was, you know, baseball did it. No, no, no. But they looked the other way. And there is a lot of that. Jose, I don't know if how many listeners realize that, but in a world that Major League Baseball is telling us it's integrity and you can bet on this and it's a betting world. And look, everything's on the up and up. We watched it with our own eyes. Them overlook the 18th home run by Schwerber, Schwerber overlook six home runs by Soto that shouldn't have counted and overlook the last home run that was as obvious to everybody. I, I, was, I was up in arms here and I'm not a huge Julio Rodriguez fan. I like the guy, but are you kidding me? Why don't you just not even have the home run derby and just hand hand it to Juan Soto? Because, Tommy, what's all of the headlines right now? It's all Juan Soto. MLB knows what they're doing. Rob Manfred doesn't know what he's doing. We know that. The guy's a freaking head case, and he has no idea what he's doing as a commissioner. But, of course, when you have a guy like Juan Soto that's in the headlines, that his name is out there, contract negotiations, the guy had to get his own plane to get to the damn home run derby, which is – the craziest thing about it, of course, there's going to be some kind of conspiracy theory behind it, right, Tommy? Like, we need him in there. We need him to get to the final. Let's find a way to get him to win. Now, remember this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong on the stats. The guy that he lost to, or, or Rodriguez from Seattle, the guy had 80-something home runs, and, and Soto didn't match that. But it's all matched off of what you did in that final round. So, overall, the way that it's, that, that it's tallied and, and, and recorded and everything – I think it's more of a popularity contest, if that makes sense, Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I say on my show, Sports Garden Network, I'll say it tomorrow morning. I, I try to warn people, do not bet on these things, right? Do not bet on them. Eh, look, I threw 20 bucks here or there, you know, but do not seriously. Don't try to make money on these exhibition games, on all-star games, on home run derbies. Don't do it because of things like this. Right. I mean, because of, of things like this. But I think it's disrespectful to the fans, Jose. I think it's a spit in the face to the fans for Major League Baseball to sit back and try to tell us that things were on the up and up and then not even address it. They, they didn't even address it. They didn't even say, ah, we got that one wrong. And we watched the 18th home run go over the wall in real time. We could go back. You could go watch the replay because... ESPN is going to show the replay like five times of the home run derby. We're all but Tommy, are you that. surprised? Are you surprised, Tommy? Come on, be honest. Are you surprised? With everything that you just said and everything that you just told me, are you surprised that Major League Baseball acted like, well, we're just going to go by and not going to let this wrong? Jose, I think that the people that are in charge of Major League Baseball right now don't like the sport. And I'm being honest. You know what? I, I, I know we don't agree with you, Tommy, but I got to agree with you tonight because it, the way that – and I said this the other day, and, and I don't know if you agree with me, and I'm going to throw this out there. Baseball has gotten to the point where it is no longer a sport for you to go or watch or enjoy, whether you're in the stands or at home. It's become a social sport. And what I mean by that, if you notice, even if you're watching a game, Tommy, how many of the people in the stands are actually paying attention to the game? Majority of the people are waiting for that crack of the bat, and then they turn around and we're like, oh, okay, what happened? 
So baseball has lost a lot of its luster, Tommy, in the last couple years. And if I'm being honest with you, Rob Manfred is not doing anything to help that case whatsoever. And, and here's the thing. What's sad is that I point to one guy. Look, you can look at the NBA, and I know you're a big NBA fan, and the NBA had stars. Everybody looks to Bird and Magic as bringing the NBA back, and they are the greatest two players that have ever played the sport and all of that. Uh, but it was David Stern that promoted it correctly. Major League Baseball is in one of the greatest spots of all time. They have more talent now and more uh, just diversity now. And I'm not only talking about the regions. I'm talking about the types of players there are you know, from you know, Otani, who's quiet and smiling. Oh, by the way, he plays two way to Aaron Judge, bigger than life, playing in New York. You can market this amazingly, Jose. There are players on every single team who's the face of your franchise you want to get behind. Players are – this sport is – already in a good position but it could skyrocket with somebody like david stern the problem is they have an anchor attached to them and that is the powers that be in charge and i'm not only blaming one guy because whoever comes up with the, the moronic runner on second rule in the, in the 10th inning idea and, and <laughs> now we're gonna have pitch clocks i mean come on you know leave the sport alone let the stars flourish and that's what the all-star game and the all-star weekend should have been about it should have been or a week it should have been about stars flourishing stars absolutely taking center stage and let it be about the stars don't let me talk about the ugly uniforms don't let me talk about uh, you know the, the rigged home run derby don't let me talk about it talk about nothing but stars and they just won't allow that to happen Tommy, why do you hate the uniform so much, my guy? I saw you on Twitter, and I, I you oh. know, you know, you know, you know, I'm a big Twitter guy now. I've grown a lot more on Twitter. I'm trying to grow that, but I've been following you, and I see some of the stuff you're posting. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes you make me, I just die just laughing. But what is it with you and the uniforms? I like the uniforms. You didn't like them? Oh, they were the ugliest things I've ever. Oh, seen. come oh, on, Tommy. They are. Rich. Don't are no, you serious? Wear their own uniform. That was the. That was the. The beauty of listen, you World Baseball Classic, you want to throw on a regular uniforms with the other, that's fine. But the All-Star game, you're representing your team. That is the entire point of the All-Star game. To go out there as a little kid, as a six or seven-year-old kid, and you see a Pirates jersey. Oh, okay, there's only one guy in the Pirates, but that's that's the jersey I know. Oh, yeah, that he's representing the team. Major League Baseball has already said, well, you have to have one player from every team. Why? They're all wearing the same jerseys anyway. It doesn't even matter at this point. They are ugly. They're awful. They're not, now, listen, I will say this. They're not as bad as the City Connect jerseys, which uh, was the stupidest idea Major League Baseball ever had. Oh, I agree. I get the City it. jerseys are horrible. Oh, they're horrible. Oh, they're so bad. They are so, so bad. And then they're, it's just to make a dollar. That's all it is. Why are All-Stars not wearing their regular jerseys? Because Nike came in and said, hey, we'll give you a couple of bucks to make these ugly uniforms. We're going to pay you a little more. We're going to make some money. We're going to market it, and we're going to throw it out there. That's what it's all about now, Tommy. If you think about it, every single league – has some type of sponsorship or marketing on it. And it all came from soccer, which is crazy if you think about it. The NBA didn't have it. MLB didn't have it. Um, um, NFL doesn't have it. But they're all getting to that point now. It's all about money, Tommy. Uh, if I'm being honest with you, sitting back as a fan, take away the media, take away any of that, just sitting back as a fan and watching these games, I understand at the end of the day, every sport is a business. I understand that. To a T, 100%. It's not about the sport. It's not about the fans. It's about making money and growing and continuing to grow and make sure you, you're profitable. But, Tommy, it's gotten to the point where there is literally no more fan interest. And what I mean by that, the leagues don't care about the fans anymore, Tommy. If, if I'm being honest, looking from the outside in, I honestly feel that all the fans care about is 
how many jerseys can I sell? How many people can I get into the stands? How many tickets? How much merchandise? How much TV ratings can I get? And that's it. They don't care about anything else. It's all about money now, Tommy. And that's what sucks because back in the day, I mean, you know, you've been watching sports forever. You know that. Back in the day, it was about what guy is going to do what? Who's going to play where? How are they going to produce? What are they going to do? Are they going to win a chip? It wasn't about money. Everything is about money now, Tommy. Contracts, TV contracts, freaking uh, 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 um, just everything that has to do with the teams. It's all about money and it's all about merchandise. And they don't care about the fans anymore, Tommy. They don't care about what we think about. They don't care about what we're looking at or what we want to see when it comes to the product that's being put out on that field, Tommy. And at the end of the day, I'm tired of it. I understand these owners, these, these leagues, they have all the money and all, everything in the world. But how about we start getting back to what people actually love, and it's enjoying the sport. I'll be honest with you, Tommy. I don't enjoy baseball as much as I used to. If, if I'm being honest with you, I follow the Yankees, and that's about it. I don't follow as much outside of baseball as much as I used to because the game has changed a lot for me, at least for me. I don't know about you, but at least for me, it's changed completely. It's not what it used to be. I, I used to be able to sit in front of my TV and watch any baseball game with no problem. As we're now, I'm like, are the Yankees on? Or wait a minute, do I have money on this game? That's why I have to watch it. It's not the same interest anymore as it was, Tommy. You, you know, I, I do still enjoy it because the product is okay, but it's all the surrounding stuff that you said. It really is. I can't watch an at-bat without signs behind the guys. And, and Correct. All of this, you know, the bat flipping is ridiculous. The, the 18 chains hanging out is out of control. The shift, everyone's shifting all over. All right, so hit it the other way. Like, stop complaining about the shift, you know. A guy can rush back. He's going to stand up and complain. Are you kidding me? You know, you're watching the Jeter documentary. You mentioned the Yankees, the Jeter documentary. One of the things that stood out to me the most, and I loved it, was Daryl Strawberry saying, you know, we got to make a statement when they got into a fight with Armando Benitez because they hit Tino Martinez in the back. And Strawberry said, we got to make a statement. We are the Yankees. There's no more pride in teams anymore. You know why, Jose? Going back to your original point, because of money. There's no pride in teams. There's no loyalty in teams. These players are hugging each other. They like each other. No, 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 no. Where did it go that, 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 you know, you have to be best friends with the guy when he gets to second base? No, you're competing out there. Yeah, I don't want to see best friends. I don't want to see these guys loving each other. I, I want to see competition, which is why Alex Manoa, who I hate as a Yankee fan, I love that he's got that in him tonight, you know, with, with Devers and the way that they go back and forth. I like that kind of stuff. I enjoy the competition. It's just they're trying to remove it from the game, or as you said, they, in your opinion, they kind of have removed it. It all goes back to money. Jose, it's a perfect time to take a break. Let's segue this because we're talking about money. I want to know your feelings on Juan Soto. I put out a video at Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube this week, and I don't want Juan Soto on my team, being the Yankees. I know you're a Yankee fan. I don't think many teams should want Juan Soto. I'm going to tell you exactly why that statement is not as crazy as it sounds when we come back from the break. So let's take a quick time out, Jose. We'll be back with more Heat Wave Sports right after this. All right, guys. Back here, Heat Wave Sports, Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com, sitting in Jose Volante for the next hour and a half. Jose Volante jumping in for Tim Unclesby, who will be back tomorrow night. If you guys want to get in touch with the show, of course, it's the Twitter, which me and Jose are both very big on Twitter. Tom Barton Sports over for me. And Jose, look, I got to tell you, Jose is fantastic. He tweets it out this afternoon, and uh, about 20 people retweeted you within minutes, Jose. It's at Jose underscore Volante. Uh, Street Bet Sports, that is, if you want to go check that out. 
or write or comment on anything we do. 876-1340. We can also take some phone calls. And we're not a, a typical phone call show, but hey, listen, we're all, always open to field some phone calls and interact with you guys out there. So, Jose, before the break, I made the crazy statement. Don't lock me up. Don't start calling the authorities right now. <laughs> I made the statement, I do not want Juan Soto. I just did a video about it. Tom Morton Sports over on YouTube. I do not want Juan Soto. But it comes with a little caveat there. It comes with a little extra for the price that Juan Soto is going to cost. And I don't only mean the prospects. Look, I'm not a prospect hugger. I'm a Yankee fan. And this does only go for the Yankees, okay? This goes for teams that I, I think that he might land with, with St. Louis. And I don't think anybody should get Juan Soto, here we go, for the price that he's asking. Besides the 540 reported $540 million deal that he's asking for, you also have to invest 15 years into this player. You also have to give up more than likely two to four of your top 10 prospects and more than likely at least your number one and two. For every team to put Juan Soto on that team, you go, wow, that's great. That's amazing. He could put me over the top. But every team that is looking into Juan Soto are already contenders. They are already most likely in first place or right there. Uh, you know, second place. I know the Cardinals are in second place, but they're right there, right? So they've gotten a plenty of success without him. Do they think that they could put him over? Sure. And I don't mind the prospects alone. I don't mind the $540 million alone. I don't mind the 15 years alone. I mind them all together. And it's not a Juan Soto thing. I thought that the Fernando Tatis deal was idiotic. 14-year deal to a guy that's consistently injured. I have been proven right so far. That contract has been terrible so far. It's early on. But we have seen this throughout the history of baseball. When was the last time a really long-term deal worked out well? Miguel Cabrera, remember what he was. He was better than Soto. They gave him a deal. That has not worked out for Detroit. Albert Pujols, he was a surefire Hall of Famer. One of the greatest players you're ever going to see. They drooled all over him in the All-Star game. Guess what? His contract wasn't a good contract, and it certainly hasn't been for the last couple of years for the Angels. A guy like CeCe Sabathia that me and you both like, did he deliver one championship? Yes. How about those last three years of CeCe? Eh, that, that kind of struggled. A-Rod's big-time contract. Go through the history of baseball and tell me where the last two or three years of these contracts hasn't really impacted not only himself, but the team itself. Now, you could say, well, Tom, you know what? None of them were 23 and a generational talent. You're right. And if this was a 10-year deal, I'd say sign it. Sign it till he's 33. 12-year deal. Give it till he's 35. Sure. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, I can handle that. You're talking a 15-year commitment. $540 million, which means you can't sign other players, uh, unless maybe you're the Dodgers that don't have any kind of restrictions. You can't sign other players. You're giving up a ton in your minor league system. Jose... I just don't want him for the price that it will cost. And specifically for our team, the New York Yankees, the minute Juan Soto walks onto that team, it's telling Aaron Judge you're not going to be part of this team. There's a million ways that they could work it out, but that's what you're telling Aaron Judge, who is having a historic MVP season and the Yankees have are having a historic winning season. Is that what you really want to send that note to your clubhouse? Here's Juan Soto. He's now taking over the team. He's now the face of the franchise. Oh, by the way, Aaron Jones is having one of the greatest seasons in the history of baseball, but we're going to ignore that because he's not going to be a Yankee next year. It's just, I just don't like it. I don't like the taste in my mouth. 
I just don't want Juan Soto. Why? I mean, it, it, I mean, the guy's a two-time All-Star, World Series champion, two-time All MLB First Team, two-time Silver Slugger Award. Why? Why? Why wouldn't you want him on the team, Tommy? I just, I don't understand that. Now, I, I understand what you're saying. If, if I'm taking a step back though, and I'm looking at it as, as as Juan Soto's situation, as what he's going through, we have a team that's about to sell. We know that the Washington Nationals are ready to sell this team. They're in a rebuild right now. So if you're if you're Juan Soto, I'm sorry. I don't blame the guy for saying 15 years for 40. Is this hockey or is this MLB? Because normally we don't see 15-year deals when it comes to MLB, Tommy. We'll see 10-year deals. You mentioned it, the Albert Pujols, the Miguel Cabrera. But what did those two guys do, Tommy? Those two guys left the National League to go to the American League to sign 10-year deals because they knew worst comes to worst, I'm a DH. I don't have to play the field. And that's what it's gotten to. And you even mentioned earlier about the All-Star with, with, with having David Ortiz in there. David Ortiz is a glorified DH. The guy never played the field. He was never that great when it came to playing the field. So now, if I'm being honest, and now we're going to disagree. This is the part where we disagree, Tommy. I know what you're saying about Aaron Judge. What are you telling him? What are you saying? But here's the thing. Don't bring in Soto this year. Wait. Wait till the end of the offseason, and then let's see what we can do. Because not only that. Baseball, basketball, football, it's gotten to the point where players don't mean anything, Tommy. And what I mean by that, teams don't want to trade for players anymore. Teams want draft picks. Teams want to build to see what they can create in the future. And if those future picks don't work for them, they can also use that for trade capital for other players they might want down the road. Call me crazy. It's the Yankees, Tommy. I I've been following the Yankees since I was a kid. You've been following them probably a little longer than I have. But we spend money. We always do. We always have. At this point, how do we not go after Juan Soto? A lot of people said we should have had Mike Trout a long time ago. I disagree with that. Mike Trout's going to be an angel for a while. If anything, maybe Otani leaves before Mike Trout, but that's a whole other conversation. But I say if you have a talent like Juan Soto, not only that, Tommy, this guy's what, 20, 25, 26 years old? Correct me if I'm wrong. 23 years old. The guy's 23, 23 years old, and we're already talking about a prime in his career. How do you not take a chance if you're the New York Yankees? Or, or, or take away the New York Yankees. Any team in general right now that has a chance of winning anything. You're a big book show, Walter guy. How are you the Mets and you're not trying to bring in a guy like Juan Soto if you're book show, Walter, and you're trying to finally get that chip and get over the hump? I'm just saying, there's a lot of teams right now, Tommy, that would want this guy. Because, Jose, it's a matter of, what else are you losing? With the New York Yankees, you will lose Aaron Judge. They will not have both of them on the team. I want Aaron Judge over the next three years more than Juan Soto over the next three years at the current status of the so team. So you want right a 30-plus year? You, Judge is what, 30? Is, Judge is what, 28, 29, 30? Season right now. He's 30 years old. I, I'm okay. saying, listen. So, it, so you're taking day. a guy that's seven years his major over a guy that's already won a World Series and is killing it, Tommy? Yes, yes, because wow. Aaron Judge isn't going to cost $540 million. Aaron Judge isn't going to. How do you know that? He just declined his contract that they try to offer him. He's not, but no one's going to give him a 15-year, $540 million deal. And Judge, it can't be looking for that. He's not going to be playing until he's 45. I don't <laughs> mind front-loading contracts. If Aaron Judge is giving you an MVP season now, why disrupt that locker room with that? Why tell Aaron Judge with, with Juan Soto, here, you're going to go, but I can handle that. If we also didn't have to give up 
five chips on the farm. Glaber Torres, who's actually having a decent season. I'm not a huge fan, but he's having a decent season. Pitching is the main need. I would rather have them go after Luis Castillo and Frankie Montas, put those two into the rotation. Now they need bullpen arms. Go get a couple of bullpen arms. I'd rather clean it up like that and then put all your chips into Juan Soto. We've gone through the years where they tried to outslug people. I like Soto. I would love to have him on my team, but what else do you have to lose for him? With the New York Mets, I think he fits the Mets fantastically. I really do. I think that, you know, they need a face of the franchise. Lindor certainly isn't that. Uh, They absolutely are sitting there going, okay, well, we're going to lose Scherzer in two years, and that's $43 million a year. Uh, So Juan Soto makes a ton of sense for the New York Mets, a ton of sense for them. But right now, the New York Mets have basically me behind the plate. They have no catcher, so they're going to give up their only future catcher. All right, now you have to go fix a catcher, which is a major position. Jacob deGrom may not come back. Okay, that's the news coming out today. Oh, he's going to be delayed. He's going to be delayed. All of a sudden, that team has different needs. So if it's Juan Soto, but don't fix anything else, I don't think Juan Soto gets the Mets a championship. Now, if they go get a Luis Castillo and a, a Wilson Contreras, for example, I think that they're closer. The long You can think long-term. I am a guy that's thinking right now in the next two or three years. A lot can happen during a 15-year career. Juan Soto has never dealt with an injury, thankfully. Knock on wood. He's never dealt with an injury. We've watched injuries go the wrong way. We've watched players really turn around. Look at Mike Trout. He's the best player on the planet when he's healthy, but he cannot stay on the field right now. We don't know. And he was the guy, oh, yeah, you lock him up for an MVP award. All of a sudden, he's 30 years old. 30 years old, and Mike Mike Trout's contract is starting to be one of those, uh uh-oh, in the last five years of that contract, is he even going to see the field? I mean, the guy can't stay healthy right now. Juan Soto has a lot of, great upside things, but what are you doing instead of it? If we, if you said we, right, you use the term we with the New York Yankees, spend. If George was up there and George was running the team, I would say go get Juan Soto because you know what? He'd go get Juan Soto and Luis Castillo and fix the bullpen and I'd be fine with it. Oh yeah, and he paid for it. He wouldn't care. It's not George. It's Hal. And Hal has shown us, well, we'll buy a guy here or there, but then we're not going to buy two guys. We're not going to fix this. There's no way the Yankees are going to have Judge, Stanton, and Soto with Cole's contract and all that. They won't do it. They've told us that they will not go over that threshold. So the day you sign Soto, Aaron Judge is out of town. You're going to lose Volpe. You're going to lose Peraza, which clearly was the reason you didn't go after a shortstop in the offseason. They didn't go after Seager or Correa or Story because they believe in these guys. So now you have a giant hole at shortstop. You have a big hole in the starting pitching rotation, probably two big holes. You have holes in the bullpen. Yankees, if they get Juan Soto this year and they don't correct anything else, are not winning the World Series. If the New York Yankees go out there and correct other things, they certainly can. So that's why I don't want them there. What about a team like the Dodgers? You look at a team like the Dodgers. Now, they can spend through their nose. I mean, they have no limit. But the amount of people that they are looking to give up they're going to need. They're talking about Dustin May, Tony Goslin, Gavin Lux. These are contributors right now to a first-place Dodgers team. I don't like breaking up the core of a team that is in first place during the season to go get a player who might help you out for the next 10 years. I get it's long-term thinking, Jose. It's just not my thinking. I want to win now. Pennants fly forever. Championships fly forever. Juan Soto might be the greatest player of all time, but I just watched the greatest player for the last 10 years not get a ring in Mike Trapp. So you mentioned the Dodgers. You mentioned Juan Soto. And you mentioned a possibility of him being there. I say this, Cody Bellinger, if we're being honest, 
Cody Bellinger can be replaced by Juan Soto with a snap of a finger. Juan Soto is a better replacement than Cody Bellinger has been in the last two years. Look what Cody Bellinger has done in the last two years. If I'm the Dodgers organization and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, I can find a way to get rid of Cody, even though he's been serviceable, but yet we got a guy in Juan that's 23 that we know we can pay and he could probably fit with this nucleus that we have here. If I'm the Dodgers, I'm taking that all day. I'm sorry. I've been hard on Cody, Bell Cody Bellinger. I've talked a lot of crap about the guy. I still believe till this day he should have been in AAA a long time ago. I get it. His defense is why he's there. It's not necessarily his bat. But if we're looking at a guy like Juan Soto and we're looking at a guy like Cody Bellinger, let's be real. I'm taking Juan Soto all day, every day, no matter what. So if we're looking at possible trade possibilities here, Tommy, it's got to be either the Mets or the Dodgers, just like you said. Now, real quick, I know this is kind of off topic. You mentioned, you mentioned the Angels and you mentioned Mike Trout. So... I had a question from someone on Twitter, Tim Diener. He hit me up, and he asked, and he wanted to know about this because he listened to the show. And he wanted your opinion on this because we've heard you talk about Shohei last year, this year, and all that with the Angels and, 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 and Tim. If you're the Angels right now and you had to make this decision, who do you trade first? Who do you think lasts longer in this organization? Is it Mike Trout or Shohei Otani? I trade Otani without a second of thinking about it. That's what Shohei Otani's career – as a two-way player is limited. It's it he's not doing this 10 years from now, right? I mean, it's just it's just physically not gonna happen. Um, you are in a win-now mode with Otani. You also don't have Otani Otani signed. You know Mike Trout has to come and play for you next year. Otani does not. And and if Juan Soto does get traded and he asks for 540 million, what's stopping Otani for asking, hey, give me 500 million? You you know that the price tag is there. Otani is also a flawed player. I know everybody's drooling all over this guy. Okay. Well, you know, Otani this and Otani that. Oh, he's a great two-way player. He's not a two-way player. And people need to stop saying he's a two-way player. He's a one and a half-way player because he's a DH. Okay. Uh, yes, he pitches. You're right. He pitches 25 starts a year, 25 starts a year, 25 games out of 162 game schedule. He is a two-way player, but he's a DH the other times. A DH cannot impact the game the way that Juan Soto can. He's also a guy, and I know Juan Soto's struggling this year, but Otani's always going to have batting average problems. He's always going to have strikeout problems. That's just who he is. You have a very short window with Otani. If you're the Angels, you're looking at Otani and saying, do I really believe that he's going to be a two-way player contributing on both sides in five years? Four years? Jose, three years? You, you really have to start asking these questions. I don't know. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be in five years. I'm not sure if this lasts three more years. I'm not sure. He also has an injury history. So does Mike Trout. Mike Trout, though, is a guy that, you know, I feel very comfortable with throwing in a DH later on in his career and being a Cabrera or a Pulos. I don't know if Otani's body's going to handle that. I don't know if Otani, the workload is going to be there. You have to be a, a business model here. I would trade Otani in a heart. I would have traded Otani already if I was the Angels. He should not be a part of the Angels because guess what? Otani's not signing on with this loser organization after the year. And not only that, and this is what I said when it came to that, Tommy, when I heard that comment and that question is basically it kind of goes back to the whole Zion situation in the NBA if we're comparing, right? You're basically paying at that point for the possibility of that talent and what you can get. And that's what the Angels already did with Mike Trout. And what I mean by that, we know the injuries, right? We know what he's had when it comes to the injuries throughout his career. But we also know what he can produce 
when he's healthy. So that's why I, I agree with you, Tommy. If I'm given that situation right now and I'm the Angels DM, I'm giving it up right away. No problem. Let's trade Shohei. Let's figure it out. Because at the end of the day, he's not a Mike Trout. We know that Mike Trout gets hurt. We know that. But he's not the type of player that Mike Trout is. Shohei can hit. That's it. Can he play the field? Decent. Not the greatest. Can he pitch? We know he can pitch. But is he, is he an everyday overall pitcher? Not quite. So we don't know really what he is. We know what Mike Trout is and what he can be and what he can bring and what he can produce when he's on the field. So I agree with you 100%. I just wanted to ask you that because I know that you know, you're know you on the whole show. Hey, you were there last year. I know you had money on him. I think it was either you or, or Tim did when it came to the whole MVP race, which last year was just it was a joke. We knew he was going to win it, and there was such great odds out there. But I'm with you on this, Tommy. I agree 100%. If you have that opportunity right now, I think Shohei is the guy – that you would move first before Mike Trout. You, you, we just talked about the Yankees. I would, I would make more of an effort if I'm the New York Yankees. I'm trying to get Shohei away from the Angels more than Soto. Why? Because your your window to win is now. The New York Yankees have that three or four window to win right now. They could play him out in, in, in you know, uh, as the DH. Play Stanton out there. Maybe you throw Otani to play right field. You know, if you need to have him, you get that other start p- starting pitcher. He is such a tradable commodity because you're getting two players for the short term. I just don't care about 15 years down the road. I just don't. I want to win now. I want to win the next two or three year window. Otani gives you just as much or a better chance to win than Soto. And he's not going to come with a ridiculous price tag because he is a free agent. I think you could go get him. I don't think Otani goes anywhere. And I'll tell you why. Um, to... to uh, the uh, the guy that wrote in. It's a great question because he should be floated. But there is such thing as the business of baseball, which I just mentioned. And Jose, do you know that Shohei Otani brings in $10 million a year just on the Angels' side of merchandising and revenue? They are estimating that he's worth to the team $22 million a year just because he's Shohei Otani and the ticket sales and everything else. He's worth $10 million in merchandise. $22 million to the team is the estimate what he's worth. So there you go. I mean, that's why he's not going anywhere. That's why the Angels are going to be hesitant to sort of trade him because of that reasoning um, more than anything else. Now you get into the business of baseball, and he's kind of their meal ticket. That's why at the end of the year, people are saying, oh, you know what? The Angels won't pay him. The Angels will pay him. Otani could get a seven-year deal, eight-year deal uh, for nearly $40 million a year. I could see that. But does Otani want to stay? I don't think he does. Jose, the other question I want to kind of throw out there is, is these underrated teams. The the Cardinals are supposedly really in the Juan Soto camp. Um, you look at him between Goldschmidt and Arenado, and ouch, that's scary. The White Sox have checked in. Seattle seems to be a player. You put him in Julio, wow, imagine that for the next 10 years. And then you have a team like the Orioles that suddenly are hot, and we know that they are they can go pay people. Do you think any of these lower teams have a shot? I think St. Louis really does. Outside of that, I can't imagine Seattle really being a player. I can't imagine the White Sox being a player. I can't imagine Baltimore. Toronto, I've heard. I think it's kind of interesting that St. Louis, because I know that their history, I think it's interesting St. Louis, but I don't really buy any of these other teams. Do you buy any of them? The only team that I buy is St. Louis, but the only thing about St. Louis is that I think they need more pitching than they do hitting. If you're going to oh, bring absolutely. in Juan, 
right? I mean, if you're going to bring in Juan Soto, we got to look at the whole aspect of it. And it's funny you bring that up because one of my good buddies that I work with is he's from St. Louis. He's a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. And I give him crap about it all the time. I tell him, you guys suck. You guys suck. And he tells me, and we, we talk about it all the time. It's not that we suck. We can hit the ball. Goldsmith is doing what they're doing, but they can't pitch. They can't figure out the pitching. The pitching is what's hurting them, Tommy. So if I'm being honest with you, if I'm the St. Louis Cardinals, I'm not even looking at Juan Soto right now. I'm looking at a way to try to solidify either my bullpen or my starting pitching. Because if we're being honest, the Cardinals have the best player in the National League right now, Paul Goldschmidt. Just overall stats and everything that he's doing, he's going to be the MVP. But if the Cardinals want to make any type of move in their division or even stay close to winning that division and making the playoffs, they got to figure out their pitching situation, Tommy. So to me, I don't think Juan Soto makes any type of sense for St. Louis. Granted, he would help them offensively, but I don't think they need the help on that side of the ball. They need the help on the pitching side, Tommy. And honestly, I don't think Juan Soto gets moved this year. Call me crazy. I think he finishes out the year, and then I think next year or during the offseason is when we start hearing the rumblings. And the reason being, I think because of all the stuff that is going on, him having to fly himself over there, teams not knowing how happy he is or or what is really going on with him and the Nationals. I don't think anyone wants to get involved in that circus just yet. Granted, do I feel a lot of teams are looking at the situation and think, what can we do? What packages can we create? Yes. But if I'm being 100% honest with you, Tommy, I don't see one perfect, suitable team that he's going to this season right now. I am very convinced that he's going to be traded, Jose, but... There is one thing, and you briefly touched on it earlier, and it was a great, great uh, read by you. The team is being sold, and you have to think about that sale and how that's impacting their their mindset. That sale of, well, does the new owner want him on the books? But he is also the biggest draw. I also am not counting out the idea that the Nationals come in and they, look, he turned down $440 million. Would it shock me if the Nationals come in and say, all right, $480 million. And he accepts it? No, it wouldn't shock me either. So I'm in that camp where I am 80% sure he's going to go. The people that I keep, or that I rely upon for my news, all basically believe it. But I'm leaving that sliver of hope, because, or, or that sliver of doubt, I should say, not hope, sliver of doubt out there, that maybe he doesn't because the team is for sale, because the number 440 for 15 years didn't do it for Juan Soto, but maybe 480 for 12 years does do it for him. And there is some negotiation room. So I know that you don't, I think he goes, but I'm not fully there yet. I'm not fully there yet. I, I will say this. The day that he goes for any sports betters out there, and I'm going to give you my put on my sports betting hat. The day that he goes, the odds for whatever team he's going to go to are going to go absolutely nuts for the World Series. Do not fall into that trap, okay? The one player should not make that huge of a difference in the odds, and all of the teams that he's going to go to already have some pretty good odds as as it remains already. So don't fall into that trap, and I think a lot of, uh, we'll say recreational betters, Jose, I think a lot of guys are going to run to the ticket window to go take you know, a team, oh, he went to the Yankees. The Yankees are three to one. Now they're two to one. I, you know, are, are we kidding? You know, don't get crazy. If you like a team now and you think there's a possibility that Juan Soto goes to him, jump on it now for a couple of bucks. Don't wait until the mass 
run to the window, the proverbial window, because now we're on our smartphones, but run to the proverbial window. Don't wait for that. All right, Jose, let's take a quick timeout. Uh, top of the hour. When we get back, we're going to change courses a little bit here. We're still talking contracts, Jose. It's the conversation in the middle of the summer. I want to get your take on Kyler Murray, who is shockingly the guy that got paid. Lamar Jackson, does he get paid? And I got to get your take on Kevin Durant. I said it from minute one. I think he plays for the Brooklyn Nets next year. I think he plays for the Brooklyn Nets for a couple of years. I just don't see a trade happening. And the Lakers are trying to convince us. I know you're a Lakers fan. And and the LeBron legacy in L.A. has been a complete shambles. He's failed at every stop. He's got zero rings. We know that. That ring in Orlando doesn't count. And now they're just going to run it back. And they're going to try to convince Laker fans. So I want to hear from you, Jose. They're going to try to convince Laker fans that this is going to be all fine. We're just going to run it back. Change nothing. Everything's going to be fine. So we're going to talk about a little NBA, a little NFL. When we get back from the break, we'll be back right after this, right here on Heatwave Sports. Now back to Heatwave Sports. All right, guys, welcome back. Hour number two here at Heatwave Sports. I am Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Jose Volante is sitting in with me. Jose Volante, Jose at Jose underscore Volante. Straight bet sports, go check that out. And Jose, where, when can we uh, check out that? I, I love the show that you guys do, and, and I saw Chris Wynn was on last week. I'm I'm always one of those YouTube guys that are checking it out and watching. When can we check this out and give us the YouTube channel? We got to get you back on, man. But the YouTube channel for us, so you can watch all the read stuff from the previous shows, is Straight Bet Sports. You can find it on YouTube. But we go live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. West Coast time, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. On Gorilla Cross Radio Network, they do have a YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook page. You can check them out there. And it's also GorillaCross.com, and they have an app. We're live every single Wednesday. Tommy, we've had you on the show before, and we're definitely going to have you on again this season. You know that. I appreciate you. Absolutely. And once the uh, Raider season starts, I want you want to have you on my, my Sunday morning show. I know it's, it's early in the morning. But I want to get you on at least one of these Sunday morning shows. Tomorrow morning, Wanna Bet Weekend Edition. Um, we always have some pretty good guests. And, and uh, you know, you guys go check that out on the Sports Garden Network. Also, we have a couple of podcasts. Wagering Week is one of the podcasts. Believe in Betting is the other one. And for all you Ivy League fans, when the Ivy League football and basketball season starts up, I do have a Believe in the Ivy League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network as well. I know it's a niche thing, but... Uh, a lot of a lot of guys out there, you know, you're sports betters, and you go, oh, wait a minute. Tom knows the Ivy League better than anybody in America. Uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> Let me go listen to that. And it's about a 15, 20-minute podcast once a week. Uh, they go hey, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of value in the Ivy League, Tommy, if we're being honest. The people that don't bet that much and are trying to bet, I can tell you from behind the counter and things that I've done, there's a lot of value in the Ivy League, and people don't know about it, and they got to wake up. Yeah, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I had Jay Cornegie on the show, the great Jay Cornegie. You know, he's he's been on, on the show a couple of times, but he was on my uh, my Sports Garden Network show, and we were talking about the Ivy Leagues. I remember I, I used to ask him, "When are you going to put up Ivy League football <laughs> spreads?" And he's like, I'm because of you, Tom. You know, because you know I'll crush it. You know, so I had to use all shows. And I asked him on the air, and he said, "Yeah." I said, "So am I the best Ivy League?" He said, "You're the best Ivy League handicapper in America." And I said. Yeah, people think you don't get. You can make plenty of money on those on those niche little situations. So uh, I, I just can't wait. Well, you know, we're less than fifty days away from uh, 
you know, the NFL season coming. So, I mean, it's coming close. I just read uh, we're about 80 days away from uh, hockey season. I, I mean, we're, we're, we're steamrolling on. But before we get into football, I got to ask you about the NBA. NBA is your wheelhouse. When I think about the NBA, I think, okay, you know, um, Jose is going to have the take that I need, especially when it comes to the Lakers. So before <laughs> we go into the KD situation, which I, I teased at the end of last hour, I got to get into the Lakers. Look, when they hired their new coach, I told everybody the reason why he's on this team is because he has worked with Westbrook and they thought he could work with Westbrook. And then you heard, oh, no, Westbrook's out of town. He's going to be traded. That's it. He's gone. The end. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, he's going for Irving. Right? He's going for Kyrie. That was that was done. That was a done deal. I kept saying, guys, I don't think they have a lot of flexibility. I don't think that they can do a lot. So what's going to happen? I thought all along, I said this last year. I said this after the season. I said this after the draft. The Lakers are just going to run this back, and we'll see if the Laker fans accept them running this back. So, Jose, it's basically been announced because when LeBron says something, we know that he runs the team, right? And he basically said, look, it's going to be the three of us again. AD, Westbrook, and LeBron, they are running this back with a bad bench. They're running back the team that didn't make the playoffs. They're running back the team that has looked awful since LeBron has gotten there. LeBron is terrible in L.A. like I expected him to be. The situation was never going to be a winnable situation. Then he brings in Westbrook, which was completely moronic from 18 different standpoints. Now they're just going to look the Laker fans in the eyes and say, eh, we're going to try this again. We're going to run this back. Does this sit okay with you? Not at all. If I'm being 100% honest with you, this is what I think is going to happen, Tommy. And I think this is what should happen. And a lot of Laker fans are going to disagree with me. Stop trying to get Kyrie Irving. Stop trying to get KD. Stop trying to talk about these win-now championships. The LeBron era is over. Let's understand that. First of all, at the end of this year, he is an unrestricted free agent. Not only that, his son could be eligible for the 2023 NBA draft as long as he reclassifies himself and graduates early in high school. LeBron's already said it over and over and over again. I'm going to play with my son. I'm going to find a way to play with my son. It's going to happen no matter what. I can't wait till I see LeBron leave. I can't wait till I see Russell Westbrook leave. But here's the thing, Tommy. For people that want to bash Russell Westbrook and bash the Lakers and all of that, if you know basketball, then you know that Russell Westbrook was second in statistics next to LeBron James last year. But yet yeah. no one wants to talk about that. Everyone wants to talk about Russell Westbrook being a brick. Russell Westbrook can't shoot, but yet we don't want to talk about the injuries. We don't want to talk about everything else revolving around this team. We don't want to talk about the fact that, hey, Jason Kidd was not on this team anymore, which was a great assistant coach that helped him win the championship. Now, you know what I thought about it too, Tommy? I'm sick and tired of the championship that they won. Yeah, it's a chip. Yeah, we're going to add it to the title. But you know what? It's crap. We won yeah. a bubble title when, and I'm being honest, it's tough. I get it. Your mental is tough. You're away from your family. You're like in a whole lockdown situation. I get that. But at the end of the day, you didn't have the normal NBA season. LeBron really hasn't came to L.A. to do what he came out to do. Let's be honest, Tommy. He's been here four years. If you take away the bubble championship, LeBron hasn't done anything in L.A. Yeah, 
Was he? What, did, did he have one of the best statistical years of his year of his career last year? Of course, of course he had to. Tommy, look what was going on with the team. What else is he supposed to do? Plus, he didn't even play the whole season. But if I'm being honest with you, Tommy, I say play it out. Play it out with Westbrook. Play it out with LeBron. Play it out with the trash that you've already accompanied yourself with. If you're Darwin Ham, the hell with it. Deal with the trash this one year, and then next year when you get rid of all of this, all of this money, all of this trash, and you have all of this cap space, then start creating your team. Me as a Laker fan, we got we got our championships, we got our legacy. Let's fix this. That's what I really want. We already have sucked. Take away the championship. I think we still suck regardless, Tommy, in the last four years. We have not done what we should have done with bringing a name like AKA LeBron James over. So one more year of being bad and getting rid of all these bad contracts and all these bad players that are all about themselves. Because if we're being honest, these guys on the Lakers, Tommy, they're not about the Lakers. They're not about the culture. They're not about LA. They're not about winning. They're about creating their brand and moving forward. And what else can they do after basketball? That's all these guys care about. And when they're coming to LA, look at LeBron. I'm a movie star now. I got a production company. I'm a producer. I can direct movies. I can do all this. And then now we got Russell Westbrook coming home. Does he really want to play ball anymore? What is going on? He's not the same guy. He's not the prime guy that we saw. We're not going to get the triple doubles, and I don't want to see that because if you see that, you're going to take it away from everyone else on the team. So if I'm being honest with you, Tommy, give me one more bad year. The Lakers are going to be horrible this year. We're not going to win anything. I don't care what LeBron says. Enjoy the Drew League. Enjoy all that crap you're doing out there. The Lakers are going to be bad again this year, Tommy. And this is coming from a Laker fan. Born and raised in South Central LA. I used to go to the Great Western Forum all the time. 100%. The Lakers will not be good next year. It's the final year of garbage, and we're going to throw it out at the end of the season. I, I love the rant. I absolutely do. And while you were ranting, I was looking up some odds here. The Lakers, plus 200 to not make the playoffs. I am so tempted to take that. I am, bro, I am very tempted to touch that. Very. You you, got to like the the value coming back. I mean, you know. That's great. And like you said, Jose, you know, the championship inside the bubble, we all, I I poke fun and say it doesn't count, but it did not count. Let's be honest. It just didn't if LeBron James who props himself up as the greatest of all time that's what that's what people that love the LeBron you know oh here we go he's the greatest of all if you're really touting that in four years with the Lakers you want a bubble championship and everyone should be smiling that's pathetic and what got me what you said is kind of just just go down with the ship here let let this season end let LeBron move on my thing is this LeBron is good at this team. They don't have first-round draft picks, right? And does he leave? And I'm really asking, Jose, I know you want him to, but does he leave, or is that a situation where LeBron says, you know what, I'm going to close out my career as a Laker, I'm going to be here, bring my son on him, and the Lakers look at it as like, hey, we're going to sell tickets. We're going to sell tickets as LeBron tries to beat Kareem's all-time record. We're going to sell tickets and make sure that a Laker beats a Laker record. We're going to sell tickets because Bronny's going to come on board with LeBron, and that's going to sell tickets. And they don't care about winning. And we get back into that money situation that we talked about in the first hour. 
Do you think that that's possible, that the Lakers look at this as a business decision and say, LeBron puts butts in the seats, LeBron's chase to beat Kareem will put more butts in the seats, LeBron and Bronny will put butts in the seats, and we're going to re-sign LeBron? Dr. Buss is turning in his grave right now, Tommy, because the Lakers have turned into a business. They are no longer the team that we've all known, if you're a Laker fan or not. When it comes to the NBA, they have not been that team. I'm sorry, Rob Palinka is not a general manager. He's an agent. He needs to go back to that. Jeannie Buss needs to get her brother or brothers the hell out of there and figure out what it is they're doing and get the right people in there. Because honestly, it's all a business now, Tommy. How many LeBron jerseys can we sell? How many ADs jerseys can we sell? Oh, we got the city jerseys? Oh, wait a minute. We're going to have a special night tonight? How much merchandise can we get out of it? That's all it is about. What's the name that we can bring here? If we're being honest, the only reason the Lakers brought Carmelo Anthony or even Russell Westbrook to L.A. was because they knew merchandise sales, money, tickets, sales were going to go through the roof, Tommy. Did the Lakers honestly believe they were going to win a championship? I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. And, and that's what you get when you're LeBron James. I know everyone says, well, what, we're on the outside looking in, Tommy. We're not general managers. We're not owners of the teams. We're not LeBron James. But we're also not idiots. We also have common sense. We can also see what's in front of us. Every single location that LeBron James has gone to, whether it's back to Cleveland, whether it's going to Miami, whether it's coming to L.A., he's gotten what he's wanted. And if you look at it, it's happened ever since the year that they got swept by the San Antonio Spurs when he was with the Cleveland Cavs. Ever since then, LeBron James' career as a general manager and a player has changed. Because ever since then, it's always, I want this guy, I want this guy, bring this guy, bring this guy. It's always what he wants. And then what happens, Tommy? I'm tired, I'm bored, I'm going to move on. And he leaves everybody behind. He left, he, he, he freaking left Kevin Love behind. He left other players behind in Cleveland because it, it wasn't worth his while anymore. So to me, I'm sorry. LeBron James is not one of the greatest top five NBA players of all time. He is one of the greatest top five revenue NBA players and general manager players of all time if you want to come to that. Social media times, everything that's out there, he is the guy. Put him in the era when Jordan was out, when there was no social media, where there's not all these platforms that you can do what you're doing. LeBron James is just another player, in my opinion. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. And there's a case to be made that KD is actually the better player and has been the better player. So let's move on to KD. Uh, look, the news broke that KD wants a trade. And immediately... I was looking at the teams. I'm going, oh, man, he could fit here. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that could be a good fit. Oh, wait, there's another one. And I ran down the list like everybody did. And then Rudy Gobert went and got the most ridiculous situation I've ever seen. And I came out on the air here and, and on my sports garden show. And I said, Jose, um, it's going to take eight to ten first rounders to get Kevin Durant and more. And people chuckled. Ha, ha, Tom, oh, you're crazy. I said, I wasn't really trying to be funny. I'm really serious here. I think that that's the kind of unbelievable package that'll take to get KD. And in the days after that, oh, maybe we can send him to, to Golden State for Jordan Poole, and maybe the this, and maybe that this team, and that. And there was a Miami was in the mix, and there was a bunch of, oh, maybe Boston will send Smart and Brown, and there was all kinds of chatter. And then I started to see some of the actual trade requests where, yeah, give us Carl Anthony Townsend six first rounders. I mean, that was really what Brooklyn was asking. And, you know, it got me to thinking about fantasy sports, Jose, right? And in fantasy sports, you send an offer sometimes, 
and you know, or you get an offer, I should say, sometimes, and you look at the offer, you're like, no, I, I like this guy. I'm not trading him, but I'll trade him for this. And you send back an insane offer that you know is never going to be accepted, but it's your way of saying this is how much I like the guy to overshoot it. And I think that's what the Brooklyn Nets were doing. Now, this was a hot and heavy talk for a while, and now it's died down. The NBA has completely died down, and KD is still sitting out there, still as a Brooklyn Net. And I continue to say, I said it then and I'll say it now, I don't think KD wears any other uniform or a Brooklyn Net uniform next year because they simply cannot let him walk. They gave him everything that he wanted. They gave him everything in Brooklyn. It worked out horrendously for them. Now he's demanding a trade. But you can demand all you want, but we're not trading you. And I think Brooklyn's way of saying, oh, sure, KD, we'll try to trade you, but here's what we're asking for. Carl Anthony Towns and, and, and like six first-rounders, that, yeah, that's kind of the price that we're asking. I think that's their way of, like we do in fantasy, kind of saying, no, we're not really trading him unless you completely and utterly overpay to a ridiculous aspect. So, Jose, I'm convinced that Kevin Durant somehow or another comes to an epiphany over the next month or so where he likes Brooklyn again because he knows he's not going to be traded. I can't see him wearing another jersey next year simply for the fact that I just don't think he's going to be traded, Jose. It's amazing, Tommy, that we can have players nowadays that sign a four-year extension and say, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm good. I'm out. Like It's crazy how we've gotten to that point. And if you look at contracts, contracts are just ridiculous everywhere, Tommy. We have guys that haven't done anything but they're getting paid based off of potential. Or we have guys that haven't done anything or won anything, but they're really good, and they were really good before they got injured, so let's pay them moving forward. We have guys that are making $80 million, but only playing 30 games when you and I have played more pickup games in their freaking last two years of their career, and we're not making a dime. So it's gotten to the point where these contracts are just they're, – they're, they're crazy, Tommy. And, and if we're being honest with KD, I, I, I agree with you. I think KD goes nowhere. And the reason being, there are no possible suitors. You, the Brooklyn Nets are not going to give up KD for scraps. They're just not. And, and if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I take a step back and go, you signed this deal. Whether you want to play here or not, you're under contract. And we're going to figure this out. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I try to make a move where maybe I can move other pieces and bring someone else back to Brooklyn. But if I'm being honest with you, Tommy, I think KD and Kyrie are both there for the rest of the season. I don't see either player being moved. Think about this. Brooklyn allowed KD to seek a trade. They didn't allow him to seek a trade. They couldn't find a trade suitor for him. They couldn't find a good trade where they're like, this makes sense. Let's trade. Let's do it. So what did Brooklyn do? We'll allow you and your agents to go find a trade. They're not allowing them to do anything. They're basically saying, nobody wants you, so if you want to figure it out, go and try it. Now, with the whole Kyrie situation, too, it adds to the KD situation. Mr. Kyrie, I, I play for me. I do me. I do myself. I'm not going to play for anyone else. You lost $17 million last year, and this year you opted in for a $37 million contract, so therefore it is about the money, and you do care. So I think that's why KD is also saying, I don't want to be here anymore because I don't know what's necessarily going to happen with Kyrie. I don't think KD wants to play with Kyrie anymore. And if I'm being honest with you, KD needs to find a way to stay in Brooklyn because if not, his legacy is done, Tommy. 
His legacy is done. I sat back and I was thinking about it the last couple of days and I go, what has KD really done? And if we're being honest, take away the gold medals in the Olympics, okay? We're talking about the NBA career. Aside from him joining the team that beat him to win championships, what has he done? Aside from individual accolades, he's done nothing. He couldn't win an OKC when he had James Harden early, when he had Russell Westbrook early. Couldn't win it there when he was the guy. Goes to Brooklyn to create something with a guy that's supposed to be another guy, his number two, that already won a chip, but yet still couldn't figure it out. And not only that, you got bounced in the first round of the playoffs this year. When you're supposed to be the best player on the planet, as some people are calling you, better than LeBron. I honestly think that KD needs to stay in Brooklyn. He needs to find a way to make it work, and he needs to win a chip there. Because if he doesn't, the whole top five greatest player, top ten, goes out the window, Tommy, in my opinion. He is not one of the greatest players of all time because he has done nothing aside from him joining the Golden State Warriors to team up with a team that beat him to be able to win a championship. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's – we're talking about you, – you mentioned greatest of all time, and you, you're talking about LeBron, and people want to throw KD. And I'm looking at Steph Curry and going, when all is said and done, are we going to be looking at Steph Curry and, and being like, are you kidding me? I, you know, he's, he's clearly better. KD, I just can't see him playing anywhere else because the asking price is absolutely astronomical. It's crazy. Um, done. I, I thought for a little while maybe the Suns. Then I read the offer of Booker, Paul, uh, Aton, and three first rounders, and I'm like, "This You're is giving everyone away." There's no point, right? This, 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 what are we talking about? It's just not going to happen. Uh, so, I think you're right. I think that they do run it back. Here's the ironic thing, and I want you to put me in my place, Jose, if you don't agree. <laughs> I think that Brooklyn not only plays with KD and Irving next year, I think they win with them. Now, I'm not talking about oh, championships. Okay, okay. I'm not okay, talking about Okay, okay. I think that they get maybe to the Eastern Conference Finals with them. I think that that's the potential that that two team has. I know it's got bad depth. I know the bench stinks. Uh, but you look at the Eastern Conference. I think when they're healthy, they're better than Philly. I think when they're healthy, they're better than Toronto. I think they can match up with Miami. Clearly, Boston's better. And I do think that Milwaukee's better. But I still put them as probably the third best team in the East. And I've been down on Brooklyn for two years here. I I, I bet against Brooklyn for team wins for the season total two years in a row. I bet against Brooklyn to make uh, any headway in the playoffs two years in a row. I bet against Brooklyn, bet against them, bet against them. And now I'm sitting here going, man, if they come back, Kyrie and Durant might just go, you know what? Now let's just go out here and prove everyone wrong. And they may go far in the playoffs. They're not winning a championship. I don't even think they win the Eastern Conference. But I could see them sitting in the Eastern Conference Finals. I disagree with you, and here's why. I don't think that Kyrie Irving wants to play basketball anymore. I, 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 I honestly oh. look at this individual and I go, does he really care about ball anymore? Because remember what he said, and I'll go back to what I just said a few minutes ago, Tommy. What did he say all last year? And not the exact words because I don't have it in front of me verbatim. But I don't play for anyone. I play for me. It's about me. It's not about money. It's not about this. You lost $17 million last year, my guy, and you're opting in to a $37 million contract when you could have walked. Think about that. The signing trade is now out of the window, Tommy. That, that's not possible. It can't happen anymore. That window has passed. So if I'm being honest with you, 
I disagree with you. I don't think that they're going to win. Maybe during the regular season, maybe get to the playoffs, but I don't see them getting past that. Because even with the whole COVID thing past us, Kyrie plays every single game this season, on the road, at home. I don't know inside of him how much he truly cares about the game of basketball, how much he really wants to win now. When he was with LeBron and all of that happened, I think he truly wanted to win. Ever since he got to Brooklyn, I don't think it's about basketball anymore, Tommy. I think it's all about him now, and that's going to be the issue, and that's why I think Kevin Durant is looking at this situation and going, I'm about basketball. I want to play ball. I want to win. I'm a genuine baller, but I don't feel this guy wants it anymore. That's a good take. That's a very good take, and I, I can't disagree with anything that you just said. Not, not a thing. That is a very good take, and that's that's the, the life outside of basketball sort of situation, life outside of what's on paper. How much does Kyrie really want to play? And, you know, we can't answer it, but I think you got to bring up a really good point. All right, Jose, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. When we do get back, let's talk a little NFL because we're talking contracts tonight. We're talking about who deserves what. Well, Kyler Murray got paid. He should not have. Lamar Murray hmm. is waiting to get paid. We'll find out if he should be paid or if he shouldn't. I think we're going to have a little fun with this. All right, let's take a quick timeout right here on Heat Wave Sports. All right, guys, back to Heat Wave Sports. Tom Parton from TomPartonSports.com sitting in with Jose Volante filling in for Tim Unglesby, who will be back tomorrow night. Uh, next weekend, I won't be around, so uh, maybe uh, – might have Jose on again. We'll see. We'll see about that. And I love, listen, anybody that has listened to the show, I love that Jose will jump on board. And if he's not jumping on board immediately and giving us phone calls, he's always on text. And we try to kind of, you know, make sure that, <laughs> you know, Jose's opinion is always thrown out there. And Jose and, you know, a lot of the callers and listeners are very lined with their sports teams. Obviously, me and you are both Yankee fans, Jose. Uh, the Lakers, a lot of guys are Laker fans out there. Uh, you do a lot of stuff with the Vegas Golden Knights, of course. But you're also a New York Jets fan. And I found this interesting. Jose, I always I always love reading the statistics from sports books. Do you know that every single team in the NFL, with the exception of two, which is my Chicago Bears is one of them. Uh, uh, you know, but every team in the NFL, except for um, the, the Chicago Bears, which, I mean, what does that say to me? And the Atlanta Falcons have received at least a $1,000 bet to win the Super Bowl. And I immediately thought about you, and I said, as much as you love the Jets, could you imagine walking up to a counter and put $1,000 to win the Super Bowl? Tommy, if I, if I, if I walk up to the sports book to put $1,000 on the Jets, you better have a gun right behind my head and telling me what the hell are you doing because there's no way i'm gonna jump into a sports book and put that type of money on my team there's no way like come on tommy are you gonna go into the book right now and put a thousand dollars on your bears probably not, not. not nobody probably has. not <laughs> jose i reminds me of it do you remember those old commercials where they had the office linebacker and it was the big dude they just walk around and just tackle that's what that that's what should happen Some people <laughs> I remember that, yeah go back to jets they should just be the office linebacker. Come oh over and watch them. <laughs> save them from themselves. Uh, oh but but I did find that that kind of interesting. I said, wow. So somebody really did it. It's not, somebody did it. They said, okay, here we go. Somebody did it with Jacksonville. Somebody said, you know what? Now, I, 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 I think you got to be nuts, but somebody did it. 
So I wanted to talk about the NFL because this week, look, um, Kyler Murray gets paid. An outrageous deal. Just an outrageous deal. There's there's no way to set this up in a nice way when we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the way to do things on the radio. Kyler Murray got a moronic deal. It made no sense. He didn't deserve this. He agreed to $230 million. He's one of the NFL's highest paid quarterbacks. It's a five-year deal. The 2028 season, it includes uh, $160 million guaranteed for injury. $160 million for injury to a guy that's a midget, right? Murray, he's going to make $105 million <laughs> guaranteed the minute he, he put pen to paper which doesn't make sense. They went out there after, remember, he took them off his social media. Oh, Murray was mad. And nowadays, you know, that's what the millennials do here, Jose. You know, oh, I'm mad. Now I I unfollow you, right? And that's what he did. And then they went out and they said, ah, but we're going to go get your best friend in Hollywood Brown because DeAndre Hopkins has a a steroid problem. So here we go. We're going to go do that. All of this for a guy that is small. He's small in stature, which is why I brought up the injury thing, which means... I wouldn't be investing him in it anyway. He's gotten $230 million, 180 guaranteed. He's never won a playoff game, never won a playoff game in the NFL. He's on a team where their head coach has shown to be his only true supporter. I don't understand this deal. I don't like this deal. It doesn't make any sense to me. I would never have paid Kyler Murray this deal, and I think it's going to come back to bite Arizona. It's coming to the point where I've said it before, Tommy. Everyone's getting paid for participation trophies. Like, that's literally all it is now. People hate me for saying this about Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a participation trophy. He hasn't won anything, but yet he gets paid and he's got so much money. And now we're looking at a guy like Kyler Murray. Allen, at least Allen's going out there performing in playoff games and winning playoff games. Correct. But playoff game. You know? This is an overreaction by an organization that is in love with their head coach. And then you got to also remember, this is a head coach that wanted Kyler Murray. When he took the job, they had Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen was like, oh, I'm, I hope I keep my job. Obviously, that didn't happen. They knew that they were going to have the number one pick. They knew that Kyler was there. And not only that, I think this is an overreaction because they know Kyler can still leave to go play baseball technically if he wants to and possibly get paid. And they don't feel like there's any other quarterback that they can have right now that can fit in that system. You got to understand, Cliff Kingsbury's system works with a running quarterback. That's it. Aside from that, it does not work whatsoever. So Cliff, I think, is the one that's in the owner, in the general manager's ear going, this is my guy. He's young. Let's keep him. I, I can make something happen. Let's do it. I think this is more of the coach basically burning the ear of the money makers and the money people that are going to put the money out there to sign this guy more than it is the organization, if I'm being honest with you, Tommy. I think that the coach had everything to do with this signing, and I think it's ridiculous. We're overpaying guys for potential. Let's start paying guys for what they're actually doing and not what what they think that they can do in the future, Tommy. It's getting ridiculous. We're throwing money around like we got it all over the place. Granted, I'm not a millionaire. I can't pay these guys. But really, is this what we got into? I remember when I was a kid, Tommy, guys didn't play for contracts. Guys played for the love of the sport, for their team, for winning. Granted, they still wanted to get paid and made a good amount of money. I get that. But it wasn't always contract first, win second. And that's what it's become. Am I right or wrong, Tommy? Yeah, no, you're you're right. I, I mean, to me, it just 
it's a situation where I'm looking at this and I'm going, I, I get paying your franchise quarterback. And we'll get into that in a moment. I get paying your franchise quarterback. I get paying the guy that has all the potential. And I, I, I do. I'm not, I'm not as jaded about it as you are when it comes to that. I understand <laughs> that. But what have I seen in Kyler Murray? I've watched his very brief career be full of injuries, be a guy that doesn't win the division, be a guy that doesn't win playoff games, be a guy that isn't in the top three or four in MVP rating. What am I What am I looking at here? I'm looking at somebody that you're hoping, and it's only a five-year deal in five years. You know what? I would have paid him for the five years, but $180 million in injury insurance? I mean, what? Are we, are we kidding me? So I start to look at Kyler Murray as the guy that, all right, you're getting paid for potentially what we believe in you, but you also drafted him with that mindset. You drafted him when I had scouts on, I had I was on the show, and I had every single person a month before the draft telling me the only team that would <laughs> draft Kyler Murray number one is Cliff Kingsbury. The only team was Arizona. There's no way another team would do it. So you overdrafted him, which means he got overpaid for being the number one draft pick. Now you're overpaying him, and the results are still not there. You brought up Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, they love their coach. Why? Well, what? This is here's here here we go. Here's another coach, never won a thing, right? I mean, as a matter of fact, if you look at Cliff Kingsbury and his um, overall record, he's terrible at the end of years. I mean, he's absolutely terrible. He spirals out of control at the end of years. He he's atrocious, and then he comes out and he says, you know, he's the best quarterback in the league at his best. Well, you know what? We're all. I'm the greatest radio host in the world when I'm at my best. Yeah. Oh, okay. What, what does that mean? It's just coach speak, right? I'm looking at him and I'm going, you've done nothing. Cliff Kingsbury, you've done nothing. Kyler Murray, you've done nothing. You've done nothing. And you got paid 230. So now I look at Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson, I have been back and forth with. Since Lamar Jackson came into the league, I've always had fun with Tim and I've called him a really good throwing running back. I, you know, I, I've done that. But, recently I've changed my status on Lamar and I did because guess what? Lamar changed who he was. Lamar Jackson came into the league and I watched him in Louisville. I'm an ACC guy. I watched almost every one of his games. He came into the league as a small running quarterback. He realized after his first year, yeah, I'm a small running quarterback. The dude bulked up, man. He put on 25 plus pounds of pure muscle. He looks like a different person. Go look at a picture of him in Louisville and right now. He is jacked up. He understood what his role was. He understood, look, I got to stay healthy. I'm going to take some hits. I like that in my quarterback. I also look at Lamar Jackson. I go, I know he has playoff failures, but he's also had successes. He also is 25 years old. Okay, still at a good age. He's not as small as people think. I mean, you know, a guy's 6'2", two, two, you know, 215 or so. That's a pretty decent sized guy. And like I said, he is jacked. I am not giving Lamar Jackson, or I was, I should say, I was not giving Lamar Jackson a long-term deal. But you want to give Lamar Jackson something like a five-year deal? I was fine with that for Baltimore, and I'm going, listen, he earned it. He's a much better passer than people give him credit for. He's a much better player. He also has an MVP under his belt, and he's got some playoff success as well as winning divisions. He's got everything that Kyler Murray does not have. I was willing to pay Lamar, but now I see the Kyler Murray deal. 
And you have to wonder, I, lo- I know Lamar represents himself, but you have to wonder what kind of deal is Lamar looking for? Because if he's looking for a Kyler Murray 230 five-year deal with $180 million in you know guaranteed money, 105 that the day he signs, I, I get it, but it's only a five-year deal. I sign it right now if I'm Baltimore. I do it right now if I'm Baltimore. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, I think I'm asking for quite a bit more now that the precedent's been, been set. If Lamar wants $230 million for five years, I think Baltimore runs to the table to give him that. Because there is, you know, the idea, look, it's five years. You know, we're, we're going into this. We have a window to win right now. But when you talk about Lamar against Kyla Murray, you, you can't even get into the conversation. Lamar is twice the player that Kyla Murray is. He's got twice the success. He's got twice the resume. I wonder how badly this is going to impact the Baltimore Ravens because this precedent has been set. It's funny, Tommy, if you think about it, too. Who is setting the market here? A former Cardinal? And a current Cardinal, right? Christian Kirk, look at the contract he got, right? At a wide receiver, which basically tapped out the market, and all these receivers are not getting paid, which some of these guys shouldn't get paid what they're getting paid. Now we have a guy like Kyler Murray, which you said it, hasn't done anything. He really hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. Hasn't even won a playoff game. He's been good, if we're being honest. He's been serviceable. He's been a guy that has that potential that we know can possibly be your franchise and the main quarterback to get you to the promised land, maybe. But it's funny how these guys are the ones setting the president for these contracts. And again, it goes back to what I said, participation trophies. If we're putting Lamar Jackson and we're putting Kyler Murray on the same pedestal and the same platform, Tommy, Kyler Murray doesn't sniff anywhere near what Lamar Jackson has done, if we're being honest. And not only that, a guy that should be out right now campaigning for his guy to get paid is Harbaugh. Lamar Jackson saved Harbaugh's career as a coach in Baltimore, if we're being honest, right, Tommy? Because if it wasn't for this guy, and and Harbaugh doesn't reinvent himself as a head coach, he's probably gone in Baltimore already. So I think he needs some more support on that end as well. But I I would pay Lamar Jackson. I really would. I, I understand he's a running quarterback. He hasn't produced where it matters when it comes to the playoffs or big games against big teams with good records. I get that. But at the end of the day, who else are you going to bring in to replace Lamar right now? That's the thing. The guy's already won you an MVP. We know the potential that is there. So for a guy like him, I'm okay with him getting paid. As where a guy like Kyler, that I'm sorry, hasn't really shown me anything, getting the money that he's getting is crazy. So if I'm being honest, I I think that Lamar Jackson is going to get the money that he deserves. And not only that, it's now because of the contracts that we're seeing, Tommy. One guy gets paid, and it's a guarantee for the next guy that has done more for him. And that next guy that has done more right now in those in those shoes is Lamar Jackson. How do you not pay Lamar Jackson? You have to pay the kid. He hasn't won a championship. I get that. But next to Patrick Mahomes and what he's done on the AFC, there is no other guy right now. So you have to pay Lamar Jackson. You know, when you bring up the, the quarterbacks and you said, who's setting the market? Who's setting the market? The piece of trash Deshaun Watson, who is like a couple of games over 500 for his career. Deshaun and, Watson. And, and, and Kyler Murray, who's five foot one and has never won a playoff game. But listen to this. I'm going to give you the top 12 paid quarterbacks in the NFL. You want to be sick to your stomach right now? Okay. Oh, no. Number 12, Carson Wentz. Ridiculous. Oh, Number 11, Kirk Cousins. I, I, all right. Again. 
I can almost stomach that one. Mr. Pat, it's that's okay. Keep going. Number 10, Jared Goff. <laughs> you're joking. That one hurts. You're, you're, you're joking. <laughs> no. oh Number nine, Russell Wilson. I'm fine with that. Perfectly fine with that. Number eight, Dak Prescott. I'm okay with that. Number seven, Matthew Stafford. I'm Absolutely okay with, okay with it. Yeah. Number six, Derek Carr. I'm strangely okay with that. I think he's a little overrated, I, I, but I'm okay with that. But I'm okay with it, yeah. 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 Josh Allen's five. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes, four. Absolutely. Now you get into the top three. Deshaun Watson is three. How? The guy hasn't played in a year. Will be suspended for the first, at least what I'm hearing is eight to ten games. Uh, he's, he may never play again. All right. Christ. That's number three. Number two is Kyler Murray. Uh, what are we doing here? Combined, Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray have just about zero playoff wins. And then you got Aaron Rodgers, the guy that consistently fails in the playoffs. So you're your best friend, three, yeah. Yeah. The top three guys that are, are paid. I don't even mind the Rodgers being number one. It, it is kind of ridiculous. But top three guys. So now you look at Lamar Jackson and imagine Lamar's smile when he read about you know, the, the Kyler Murray thing. Lamar Jackson's going in there going, I've won divisions. I've won an MVP. I've won playoff games. I am the entire offense of this team. You've di dictated that my, the offense is going to run through my style of play. Oh, by the way, here's the top 12 paid guys. He's better than all but, what, three? I, and maybe you throw, if you want to throw Russell Wilson four, I mean, he's better than Goff and Wentz. I, 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 clearly, he's better than Watson. He's better than Murray. I mean, he's better than just about every. I'll give Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, and maybe Stafford. And I think Stafford's a maybe still. Those are the t those are the players that are better than Lamar Jackson among the top twelve highest paid. He's got to get paid. You know, I asked Tim this a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, Tim, you're a Baltimore fan. Do you pay him? He said, you just have to. You know, he's basically painted them into a quarter. You have to pay him. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think they do. I think that they franchise tag him this year, maybe franchise tag him next year. I think they're going to play games with him like they did with Kirk Cousins and watch them just pay him for the next two years on that franchise tag. So if you're Lamar Jackson, that does happen. You get that contract, right, and you get those franchise tags and you're making that money. What do you do after those two years? Do you want to stay in Baltimore? Do you feel like the team even cares about you? I mean, look, no. look, look, look what happened to Kurt. Look what happened. Obviously, we know what happened with Kurt. Whether people want to disagree with me or not, the proof is in the pudding. Look at the video. Look at the tape. The guy is not a good quarterback. Anyone that comes from behind can have great stats like Kirk Cousins has. Anyone that has a horrible team that has to throw up the ball and doesn't run and throws it like crazy is going to have great stats. Let's be honest. That's what Kirk Cousins did, and that's how he got paid, and that's why Washington kept giving him those freaking franchise tags because they didn't want to pay him overall the overall long-term deal, but they knew at least this guy can keep us in some games and win us some money. And that's the thing, Tommy. It's all about merchandise. It's all about money. It's all about ticket sales. You said it. And, even, and here's the thing. I know he's old, but if we're talking about quarterbacks and who should get paid and who should be where, Tom Brady's not even in that top 10 list that you just mentioned. And, 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 and if you want to talk about everything that's out there, you're going to make fun of me. Maybe other people will. And this also adds into everything. Brady is the highest rated quarterback in Madden this year. Did you know that? So I'm, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, I know it sounds funny and it's, it's a video game and all that, but I get that. But what people don't understand is that all of this goes into play when it comes to contracts now. All-stars, Pro Bowls, 
all of that is entitled and it's stuck into the deal that you sign. And that's what people don't get. So to me, for you to put someone like Kyler Murray ahead of Tom Brady, even though I'm not a Tom Brady fan because I'm a New York Jets fan, it's asinine. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't know if I could say that word on the air, but it, it, it's, it, it, it makes no sense to me, Tommy, that we're paying these guys off of, how can you say, what's the word that I'm looking for? Desperation. That's all it is. These teams are desperate because they feel they have a diamond in the rough and they want to keep that there and they hope that it can work. And it's like you're paying all this money, but you're not going to bring anything else to make the rest of your roster better. You're not going to do anything overall. And then it goes back to my point with Tom Brady real quick. Why has Tom Brady been so successful, Tommy? He's always restructured his deals. He's always made ways to bring other guys or different guys in. It's not about him. It's not about the money. It's not about getting paid. It's not about being the biggest paid guy in the league. It's about being the guy. It's about winning the games. Nowadays, all these young kids care about is who gets the biggest contract, Tommy. Who's got the biggest bling? Who's getting all the money? That's all that matters now. And it's gone away from the fun and the excitement of who deserves the contracts, of who's the actual players that are out there doing what they're doing. And the guys that should get paid are not getting paid the right way anymore, Tommy. No, no, you're right. And, and yeah, I mean, Brady loves to re- always loved to restructure his deal. Even with Drew Brees, a guy like Drew Brees, you know, you, you look at a guy like Drew Brees and you go, uh, he wound up taking huge amounts of money. And it set the Saints back for years. And then at the end of his career, when it came out time for his next contract, what did he do? He said, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll do a Brady deal because I want to win. Aaron Rodgers had the opportunity to do that. And this is one of the reasons why I've ripped apart Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had the opportunity to do that. And if he did restructure his deal and he was able to do that, Devontae Adams would still be on the team. But he decided not to because he's a me, me, me guy. So it's not only the young guys, you know what I mean? It, it, it's a guy like Aaron Rodgers as well. Um, I, I find it really interesting. I do. When, you know, we're sitting here, training camp is open. It's, it's a weird situation that Lamar Jackson has no contract. He's actually his own agent. He's on the field. You can look at this two ways for the Ravens moving forward this year. And, and I don't know where I sit with it quite yet. I got, I got to think about it a lot, a lot longer. Because... There's two camps here. Either A, he comes out, it's a contract year, has an amazing year, wants to prove everybody wrong, wants to go earn that contract, right? He's got to go do it. This is what he's got to do, Jose. He's got to play on our franchise tag. Uh, just go go show them and go show them that you earn that $250 million or whatever it is, right? Well, there's that. But there's also the Lamar Jackson, and I'm not saying he's this kind of guy, that might say to himself, why am I going to die for that extra first down and potentially injure myself if they won't? Give me that long-term deal. Why am I going to, as a running quarterback, fight for that extra two inches? Why am I going to let the linebacker line me up and knock me out, but but I might get that, that touchdown, but I could just wait a minute, hand it to my running back? I worry that Lamar Jackson might start thinking that way, even subconsciously. So I'm not sure what Lamar Jackson we're going to see this year. I, I don't know if, if we're going to see that all go, all go crazy and go out there and prove something like I think everybody thinks Lamar Jackson's going to be. It's going to be a fun NFL season, Tommy, that's for sure. But if you're Lamar Jackson, what do you do at that point, right? And you even said it, some of these guys, it's not about the young guys. It's all about the big guys that are trying to get the money and trying to get paid. I know you don't like Aaron Rodgers. I know you talk about him a lot. He's a great quarterback. We know what he can do on the field. We get that. But, yes, 
He's not a team player. We're seeing it. He's had issues with his receivers. How many receivers that were main guys there have left because of certain situations that were left out of the media or whatever it might have been that we don't know about? But it's going to be an interesting NFL season this year. Who knows if Lamar Jackson gets paid or not? But if I'm Lamar Jackson, I, I kind of disagree with you, Tommy. I think I go out there and I play. I play hard. I continue to play. I don't stop. I keep being me and I keep showing people who I am and what I can do and what I can bring to the table. Because if I take a step back and I show any type of hesitation, that can't hurt my contract moving forward, whether it's with the Baltimore Ravens or any other team that might want to sign me moving forward, Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, like you said, it's going to be a great NFL season, but we are in the midst of baseball. I, I think that we're going to have our eyes really opened up very quickly here. I I know we're, well, what are we, nine days away now from the trading deadline. Can I, think I say something real quick, Tommy? Sure. Can, can, so here's the thing. I want to say something real quick. I'm a Yankee fan. You're a Yankee fan. We talked about it. I talk about it on social media all the time, but I'm also a baseball fan, and I'm a realist at the end of the day. The Yankees are in trouble. If we're being honest, the Yankees started really good in the first half of the first half of the season. It was a little bit longer before we got to the All-Star break, but right before we got to the All-Star break, some losses to the Cincinnati Reds and other teams that they shouldn't have lost to, and not only that, their pitching does not look the way it did in the beginning part of the season, Tommy. And with some guys going out now, going out on the 60-day DL, and then we have guys like Cole not looking as good today against Baltimore, which is a team that they should beat every single time that they go out. I honestly believe that the Yankees are in trouble in the second half of the season. The bats are there, Tommy. We know that Aaron Judge can get a day off and they can bring somebody up and that person can still produce. But where is the pitching? The pitching is not good. Chapman is getting hit and he's giving up saves. I honestly feel that we're in trouble. Do I think that we're still the best team in baseball and I think we can figure it out and win this? 100%. But do I think we're in trouble, Tommy? Yes. And not only that, the Houston Astros are our kryptonite. We batted 151 overall against them this season in our series against them. That's not going to win a championship this year, Tommy. Now, Michael King going down uh, was was massive, a massive blow. They've lost Green. They've lost Loisica for a portion of the time. Chapman can't find it. Michael King's going down. Um, you know, you got to hope Marinaccio comes back up here. And by the way, Zach Britton is going to return. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Look, uh, Jose, it's been a pleasure. I always love jumping on with you. Go check out Jose at Jose underscore Volante. Go check out Straight Bet Sports over on YouTube. For me, go check out Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. TomBartonSports.com. Guys, I've absolutely been crushing it. And I'm going to jump on now. 30 days of plays for less than 100 bucks. TomBartonSports.com. Go check out all the podcasts I told you about over on the network. It's wagering weekend for leave in betting. Grimmel will be will be back with us again tomorrow night. Enjoy your baseball Sunday out there, Las Vegas. Have a very good night, everybody.